This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains me. Is anybody out there hearing me? Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to captives and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey everybody, welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And as promised last week, we have Dan Weens back from Italy. He's on the line. He's calling in from his home near Modena, Italy, and... We're blessed to have you again, Dan. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. So I want to jump right in, and today we're going to have an open conversation between me and Dan about Church of General and what he sees in Italy and what we see here in the U.S., because we're all together one church, and there's a lot of similarities. So, Dan, I want to pick this up with a statement you made the last time we talked last week where you said in, the, in relation to the issue of pornography in the church that a lot of church leadership does not want to really face this issue. They don't want to face the issue. They don't want to own up to the fact that it exists in their church. They don't want to have to deal with it. And I think you even used the words that their people are too holy for that. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot in there, especially that too holy for that thing. And what do you think's going on there? Uh, well, I don't know. I think that people are just uh, really naive, um, but at the same time, they they kind of have their heads stuck in the sand and just don't want to see what what issues that their congregation is really struggling with. I mean, I've just had people make blank statements saying, in my church, no one struggles with porn. That's wow. not a problem here. Wow. And and I just I just thought, well, how can you know? But they just um, I don't know. They um, at times maybe it could be that they themselves are struggling with it, and so they just don't want to deal with it, and uh, or maybe just be too embarrassing for them because. Italy is very much a shame culture, uh, I mean, a, a lot more than the U.S. I mean, in the sense of here, uh, you always need to look good in front of others all the time. That that emphasis is put very, very much both on men and women in different ways, of course. But you, you the appearance that everything is fine is very, very important in Italian culture in many, many different ways. And so that has somewhat even influenced the church. As you mentioned about that influence in the church, what comes to mind, Dan, is when you told me a couple years ago how the Catholic Church had influenced the evangelical church with an emphasis on we do not talk about sex, sex is not even good, and it's only for procreation. Can you 
share more about that? Yeah. Um, that's exactly what, what the Catholic Church teaches, that um, sex is just kind of something that uh, a husband and wife need to do to procreate, but there's uh, there's really no uh, no enjoyment in it. Uh, I mean, and you know, the Book of Song of Songs is kind of just um, kind of ignored, and there's just uh, it's it's just seen as something quite kind of quite almost dirty that you just have to do in order to, you know, procreate and continue have mankind. But it's it's not something that, you know, it's not at all seen as a gift from God, as we instead see in the Bible. Mm. But it seems to just be seen as uh, as this dirty ritual that one needs to do in order to, uh, yeah, to just procreate. Mm. Yeah, I remember we did when we spoke in a church in 2016, and um, I think it was the very first church we walked to and together and did that, and a mom came up and said her 13-year-old daughter was asking her questions about porn, and her mom told her she didn't, not not to go there, basically just to leave it alone. I don't know if you remember that, but I was kind of like, I told her, no, because you do not want her friends educating her on what this is about. You want to be the one telling her the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Parents are just um, ashamed to talk about it. Uh, just, I mean, you know, all Christians and kind of everyone, uh, they really have a hard time to talk about sex with their children. And so... And so when they start asking them questions, you know, when the children start asking questions to their mom and dad, they just often just ignore the question and don't want to talk about it. But like you said, they they don't realize that then their their children are going to find out about it either through their peers at school or somehow through porn or whatever, like it happened to me. Mm. I don't remember. What was the first age of your exposure? Um, well, my exposure to pornography was probably a little later on, was maybe around 16, mm. but I'm also 50 years old. Now I realize that it's a lot, lot younger. Yeah. Well, kids these days are getting, ex- they're getting smartphones at the age of six. And wow. when yeah. mom And when mom and dad are clueless and give them wide open internet access, I mean, anything can happen at that point. And I've heard plenty of stories of men you know, in their 40s and 50s, they got their first exposure at age eight. So, mm. like you were mentioning, it's something parents really have to be willing to open up and realize we live in a sexualized culture. Yeah, yeah. And Dan, for some, ex- for some perspective on what the Italian church looks like for our listeners, you know, in the States, we have, I think, a concept of what the church looks like over here, but you've shared with me and taught me that, um, I think you've told me that the Italian evangelical Christian church is about one and a half percent of the population. Is that correct? Yeah, approximately. Yeah. And one thing I've seen is that um, 
a lot of church staff are not paid. Most of them are volunteers. Is that also true? Yeah, that's true. Um, there's there are very very few paid pastors or paid elders. Yeah, Mo- almost everybody's volunteer. Mm. So really, when they're starting a church there, it sounds like they've got to be all in. They're not just doing this for a job. They're doing this because at some level their heart's in it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's when... It, that's no, when. We, go ahead. Sorry. No, no problem. We still do have a lot of foreign missionaries that come and help, but at the same time, they are... Uh, they are needing help from Italian nationals. And so a lot of times they just have to sacrifice, you know, just time in the evenings, the weekends, just to be able to dedicate to be able to start a church. Mm. Yeah. One thing you told me, I remember you said um, a couple of years ago when we were talking about this and the size of the church and the fact that most churches in Italy, you know, there's no paid staff. I've, I've been to churches with you. The buildings aren't anything like what they have here. There's not much in the way of the technical side. And um, you told me, in your words, that there's a lot of nominal believers here in the U.S., meaning we have a real problem with our comfort zone and, and even a lukewarm church. What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that. Uh, the difference between between the church, the evangelical church here in Italy, and the church in the United States, um, uh, I guess it's just that um, generally here in Italy, um, well, you know, if you identify yourself as a follower of Christ, um, that does make you somewhat different than everybody else even uh, for children at school and just in society. Um, and, and yeah, instead, I guess I see that in the States, especially in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in many states, I guess it depends on what part of the United States, but in most states, one can just easily just, you know, go to church and go through the motions and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just going and sitting down and, you know, seeing a worship band leading the music and then listening to a preacher, and then everybody goes home. But there's no real uh, real involvement by, on, the, on behalf of the, the single believer uh, in church, you know, when he's with other believers. Whereas uh, here in Italy, we have a lot smaller churches. I mean, for us, a big church is of 100 people. Most churches are around 40, 50, 60 people, even smaller. And and our worship service is just kind of set up differently. I mean, we, we always have a time where um, we share requests one with another, where we pray. Uh, anybody can just... Um, just start praying and that's that's we, we we dedicate you know at least 20 minutes to that and so um there's there's a a greater kind of community involvement even 
when when we are together as a church. We, we feel as one body. We feel as a spiritual family. Whereas I realize that nowadays in many, many churches in the United States, this just doesn't take place. It's almost just like going to a show. It's like going to, to see a movie, and you just go and sit, and you're just passively in front of it, and then you just go home. I 100% agree, agree, and people have listened to this show and read my book on the real Christian. I mean, this is right on what I'm trying to get through, is that in Acts 2.42, that church, the church is supposed to be devoted to prayer and fellowship and the Word, and there are no isolated believers. And I love what you just shared, Dan, because to me, that's the way church should look. I love that. And you're right on the money that what we do here is we go. We we go, we sit, and then we watch. But 85%, 85 to 90% of American Christians are isolated. They have no connection. They have no community. And I've been to some of those churches. One church you took me into, Dan, I just it shocked me because— I don't remember the city. It was around the, the center of Italy. I think I was the pastors and Christian leaders night. We had um, that church. It was a small church, and they were serving meals at night. And they let the homeless come in and out for meals. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just stunned because in a church we had gone to before, they had a big cafe with the big marble floors. <laughs> But they didn't have the homeless come in, and it was only for the church body. And what shocked me, too, was the senior pastor, I and mean, this is, again, as a small church, told me that they were financially supporting 200 families. And, yes. and yeah. for, for them to put themselves on the line like that financially, I just, I was very humbled. But, I mean, we were sitting there having dinner at night with homeless guys and church staff and you and me, and that that was, I was just, I loved it. Yes, it was a great experience. And then I've been to the, you know, your home church um, with Tommy and them there, and I, I watched what Dan has just shared where people have requests and they pray. And people are listening. That's the way church is supposed to look like, community, not a big Sunday school service. We're not mm-hmm. doing what God's Word says to do. All we're doing is listening and letting all this knowledge rot and then we go home and then we wonder why two-thirds of the church is addicted to porn because everybody's so disconnected and isolated and, and living the life in their flesh so i'm calming right. down now <laughs> <laughs> okay so um tell us yeah you, you must have a lot of other stories of what the italian church looks like and i really want to bring that up so people understand here what 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 that's about because i think we all have something to learn from each other so does anything come to mind um yeah i mean we we kind of uh like i said yeah the churches are small um i mean unfortunately we do have our struggles i mean i don't want to try to portray a church, uh, we have maybe different other struggles in respect to the American church. Unfortunately, a lot of time legalism is a big issue, and so uh, a lot of times grace is just not understood and comprehended, and so 
we kind of set up a lot of different rules of how things should be done and how one should take the Lord's Supper and how one should do a lot of different things. So we do have an issue with with just really understanding and living God's grace. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we since the Church, you know, the true body of Christ, uh, it's very small, and unfortunately, there's, like in a lot of other countries, there's a lot of different denominations, and so a lot of times there's there's not that much collaboration between churches, there's a lot of infighting. But um, the Church does continue to, to go on and to grow, and, uh, you know, it's not been easy. I mean, even this last year with with uh, the pandemic and everything, it's not been easy, but churches have continued to uh, to go on, and many are involved with helping the homeless, um, like you mentioned, um, you know, being involved in different practical, practical ministries. Um, I have a really good friend in Genova, Italy, that you've also gotten to know, Francesco, mm-hmm. that he has a great ministry in, in helping um, just people that are in, that are struggling financially. So he gives them both food and, uh, gives them clothes and different people have come to know the Lord. Um, so yeah, the Italian church is, is quite small. Uh, we have different struggles, but you are right that I think that we do have, uh, generally, um, a right perspective as far as you know, dedicating time to prayer and community and just fellowshipping together. Uh, most churches will organize uh, what we call agape fellowship dinner at least uh, once a month or every six weeks, so we can just sit down and you know talk. And a lot of times we'll invite our non-Christian friends to come that Sunday so that they can just sit around with us after church and talk and just be able to, in a more relaxed atmosphere, being able to get to know each other and just talk to them about what it means to have a relationship with God. Wow, you're inviting non-believers to these? (laughs) Yes, yes. Hmm. And that's something they do consistently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, um, generally it's the non-believers that we've, we've had contact with, mm. um, but uh, but we will try to specifically invite them to come on those Sundays just because we have an opportunity to get to know them more. And, um, and a lot of times they're just really struck by just the, just the love that they see in us, and they just feel like, okay, this is a safe place where we can open up and we can talk and, and, and share about our struggles and our, what we're going through. Let me uh, switch gears a little bit. When COVID hit March of last year, uh, here in the States, um, porn views shot through the roof. What happened in Italy when 
around that time. And I also remember that Pornhub gave away free subscriptions in Italy for a while during that time. And from what I read, the porn use shot up 57% there. What what did that look like yeah. at that time? And, and what did that look like for your ministry? Yeah, it... Um yeah, you, you're you're right. Unfortunately, Pornhub did offer their premium uh, content to everyone for free because uh, they thought, oh well, you know, everybody's isolated, so we'll give this to them. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm really grateful because right in that period when we had the lockdown, the strong lockdown, um, God just gave me the the I just felt pushed from the Lord to start an online group. And um, so different different men from all over Italy, um, got we got connected together and uh, through, through Zoom. In that period up until May, we would meet every day except for Sunday. Mm. And we just... We just opened up and just shared our stories and just shared what we were going through. I mean, I mean, it was it was a beautiful time. Sometimes we reminisce about it even now because it was like we felt like a family. It was like every five every day at five p.m. we would meet and just talk about you know just how we were doing. And uh, but the meetings are still continuing. We meet three times a week at uh, at different times in the day. There's actually, I just lead two of them, and another guy leads one one of the meetings. And uh, we also have a WhatsApp group that's connected to that so that we can share, you know, at all times uh, our struggles, burdens. If somebody is is really feeling temptation, he can just write on that and, and just say, hey, I need help, I need prayer, and then somebody else will call him. And we have right now 28 guys on that. Wow. And so... Um, God is really using that to bring healing to to these men. Mm. So what does the format of these groups look like, and and what are you teaching them? How are you giving them the structure to overcome? Well, it's more of a just uh, a sharing time. What we do is we we generally start out uh, in prayer, and then we'll read Psalm 23, and then we'll we'll read different things that we we um, that are already set up, um, you know, for 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 every every time that we meet together. And then um, most of the time is dedicated to just share wh- how we're doing. If we've um, if anybody has um, just been struggling, uh, we also have like a list of subjects that we can talk about, like. Uh, you know, forgiveness, shame, God's love. There's just, there's a bunch of of different subjects that we can talk about. And then, uh, and then at the end, we, we end up with, uh, in praying together. Mm. So that's, uh, that's what goes on. Well, as we wind down here, Dan, it's really been a blessing. And I have to bring up an advantage that you have over us and over everybody else in the world. And, you know, it's really not fair but the food in Italy is just the best in the world. So <laughs> that's how you get your community going so much easier. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. 
It's true. Yes, we do have good food here. You, you told yeah. me that our, our coffee here in the U.S. is dirty water, and, you know, I have to agree because I've never had coffee like an espresso like I've had there in Italy. Yeah, we enjoy it here. Yes, it's true. <laughs> so, Dan, last, you got 30 seconds. Um, tell our listeners, just pour out your heart. Well, I just would like to say to you to just really be real with each other. Find, whether you're a man or a woman in Christ, just find another brother and sister with whom you can really share your heart with. Find a safe person that you can, um, with whom you can just be yourself that will encourage you in your life with the Lord. Mm, that's good. Thank you, brother. It's been a wonderful blessing to have okay. you. And uh, thank it's you for joining. pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to get that way again soon. <laughs> yes, yes. Can't wait to see you again. Look forward to having you here. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll join. see you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.